we always talk to people about shopping local. The importance of shopping local. Here's one great reason about shopping local is that you know the people you're doing business with. They're your friends, they're your neighbors, they're people you go to church with, people you hang out with. There's no better example of that than today's sponsor, Budget Blinds. Not only are they great people in the community, but they also are great at their business. So when you need blinds or shades for your windows, interior decorating, they've got bedding, they've got headboards, mm -hmm. all sorts of stuff. And the coolest thing, we always talk about this one, they even have some blinds that you can control with apps on your phone or with your voice through the Alexa or the Google. They are super cool. That is cool. Hey, check them out right in the heart of our city in downtown Lee Summit. Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. 239 Southeast Main Street. Hello again, and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I'm Jason Norbury, and as always, I'm joined by a man who is stuck in the past. That past being 2018. It's Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. I don't want to change, Jason. You got to write that number on your checks, buddy. You got to do it. Okay. Actually, well, I'm going to get 2018 cool. tattooed on my arm. Oh, is that after the arm surgery or before? <laughs> We're not going there yet. I don't think I need it. Hey, special guest today. Special guest. We brought on our guest columnist for Link to Lee Summit. We brought John Bedoin on. I know we're gonna see if this works. It's it's three loudmouthed, opinionated guys in one room. <laughs> I, I mentioned this that I was going to have this recording session to my wife, and she's like, "Oh dear God." <laughs> <laughs> So. Well, John, your columns have been a great addition to Link to Lee Summit. Thank I you. Thank you for coming on. They yep. have been been very popular. They're, they are well-read amongst all of the, the content at Link to Lee Summit. Your last one was, you know, I usually stray from the the top review year of the year stories and mm -hmm. columns and right. the New Year's resolution. It, to me, it's a little cliche. I usually don't like to do them. You caught me on this one because I think you brought up some things that I kind of want to expand on. You gave resolutions for the kind of the community, mm -hmm. a few for yourself, but, but right. for the community as a whole. So we're going to get to that. But what I want to start off first were not necessarily, let's not talk top 10 news stories of the year because it's boring. But what were, I'm going to throw this to both of you guys, what were some of the stories that happened in 2018 locally that were important? What are things that we should pause and take note of as a community? Well, th I appreciate you guys having me on. I, I I know this is weird to have a third person here because you guys have your own banter and your own special language that, that you have. And it's a love language. Uh, yes, I can tell. <laughs> it's it's tacos, <laughs> right? Um, and you know, I've thought a lot about this because you know, being in the newspaper business for twenty plus years, you know, all of us and you remember these days, Nick. We all sat around at the end of December and went, "Oh, what are we going to write about?" And we we always did our year in reviews, and then the, you know, it gave you the opportunity to go back through. 52 or 104 or however many papers and go, oh, hey, this happened in April. Oh, I forgot about this fire. Or I forgot right. about this uh, major thing that happened in town. And and I think the things that, you know, they get all the headlines are, you know, obviously, you know, a, a, an election uh, where a, a former school board member is elected mayor uh, and, and two, one current councilman, one former councilman uh, runs against it. It's a, a huge uh, discussion point in the community about who's going to be our next mayor, who's going to sit on city council. Uh, we've had state and, and local elections. Uh, but some of the things I think that that, that we need to, to pause and look at that will definitely be topics for conversation in 2019, uh, you know, some of them revolve around our, our school districts, some revol revolve around our tax base. You know, we we've still see declining uh, numbers and, and sales tax. And what are we going to do with the use tax? And when does that come up at city council? Uh, some of the stories that get missed sometimes or glazed over are 
you know, what's going on in downtown, you know, the, the CID is going to hit probably a million dollars, uh, just one penny at a time in, in downtown Lee Summit after a couple of years. I mean, it's a huge story to look at that success story and what happens in a very dense, you know, uh, eight, 10 blocks in, in our downtown Lee Summit. Uh, some of the uh, construction that's gone on around town, our, our need uh, and, and looking at uh, multifamily housing in Lee Summit. Uh oh! Don't get Jason yeah, right. started. Uh oh! Let, let me get myself. And uh, yeah, right. And and you know, and Matt Sanding was on a few weeks ago, and, and you know, talking about homeless in Lee Summit, which is a, a an ongoing topic that needs to be had. Uh, I think our nonprofits all had major uh, storylines uh, in in Lee Summit this year. Uh, Roberta at, at One Good Meal. Uh, always is, is uh, a positive, good story about what goes on in Lee Summit. Uh, Prodeo was basically saved uh, this last year, and, and our, you know, our only youth center that serves teenagers in, in Lee Summit. And I'll be up front, I'm, a, I'm on that board, so I can talk about Prodeo. But you know, lots of great things happening at Lee Summit Social Services and, and, and Hillcrest getting a new director uh, for the Lee Summit location this year. So lots of storylines and, and lots of little individual storylines that kind of lead to you know greater community conversations which you guys have every week here well i'm gonna let's start with because john this show is really it's all about me and jason right i mean it's always about us you know i think one of the reasons why we have been semi-successful <laughs> and gotten those three or four listeners that we get every week that's pretty generous it's well, it's about us john. hey it, look two of those are nick and i so <laughs> It's talking about elections. You know, we started this show uh, right. during an election season almost yep. two years ago. Yep. Because there were, we weren't having those conversations. We weren't having conversations about the candidates and about the issues. Or And if we were, we weren't doing them in what Jason and I would, would say was an effective way. So let's talk about the elections that, that just happened this year. They were the, – the spring election was some of the most listened to stuff on the, on the podcast, some of those red stuff – on, on the Leak to Lease Summit website. What conversations were we having during those, Jason, that that are important that we keep in mind as we look to not only the next the next elections that'll happen each year, but just as we keep moving forward as a community? You know, I, I think that we did a really good job as a whole of, of highlighting, really getting down to some of the core issues that were at hand. There was a lot of hyperbole um, thrown around in election materials from the dais, from the public coming in during the council, because you can't talk about the council election without really talking about compensation, because that was, I think, the driving conversation that was going along parallel to the election itself that whole time. And so much of the conversation got so hyperbolic and so far out there that I thought we did a, tried to do a good job anyway of, of bringing that back in. Okay, what are the core pieces here that we're talking about? What are the breakdown points that we need to, to think about and how we go through that? And I think I'm, I hope that people really appreciated that um, at the at the end of the day. What is you know, I, I like that you just said how awesome we were and and, and know, I'm going to continue. We can say that over and over again. But what what's the important thing for for people? I guess for 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 the residents and the voters to take from that conversation and keep in mind heading in. I think it's to to hopefully take enough time to start to 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 get down below that first level of screeching that we get in all of the elections and hell all of our news. Really, that we get so much now is, you know, you know, I hate to say that it bleeds, it leads, but those sorts of, you know, the sensational, the, the, the very over the top stuff gets on the news, gets on the comedy shows that talk about the news, all those things. 
and to, to get a step deeper than that and take that moment to say, okay, what are those pieces? And, and we try to do that because that's our nature um, on the podcast. And I know that, you know, when you guys write on your columns, you try to break those things down. Um, but to, to take that moment, to take that, to get past the initial hyperbolic reaction of, you know, well, this group says X, so rah, you know, one way or another. <laughs> right. John, do you spend a lot of time on, on social media? <laughs> a little bit. And, and it's, it's also your business. I <laughs> right. Mean, that, so that's your, that's your world. Right. <laughs> but I'm, I'm interested to hear, hear your response to that of take a breath because in the world you operate in, in social media, right. there are no breaths. I mean, it's just, it's a constant onslaught of information and opinion and, and, and I'm going to go back to the word that Jason just used, of hyperbole. I mean, right. I mean it's people make posts to catch your attention right. and to get you to push a button or respond. Well, and, and yes, and as it relates to, if we're, if we're still on city politics, uh, as it relates to that world, you know, social media played a, has played a huge role in Lee Summit uh, over the last few years. You know, you look at uh, – we talked about this before we came on the other day. You know, we, we elected a, a city council member by four votes recently. Uh, we, we are not that far away from having a, a councilman successfully recalled in Lee Summit. I would argue both of those things were heavily driven through social media and through social media platforming and through social media messaging. And sure, there was hyperbole uh, all over on both sides of the recall, on all sides of the of, of this past election. Uh, we saw it all over the place. And and you know, how do you rein that in? You, we've seen so many pages crop up uh, over the last few years. You know, you've got you know these Lee Summit pages and you have political pages, and then. You know, now you've got CFMP groups having their own pages about what's going on at the school district, and you've got uh, fa- you know family focus pages on Facebook, and you've got voter focus pages, and and you know it's, it almost is information overload. I could go on right now and find out two very uh, polar opposite uh, discussions happening about any number of of political uh, happenings in Lee Summit, and you know it's it kind of it's it's a matter of how much do you want to consume from social media? What do you believe? Who are your sources? Yeah, you know we and and because because news has to be a, a finite thing. You know, there's there's a tremendous amount of responsibility that comes from 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 managing any of those pages, and you know that from managing this podcast and managing Link to Lee Summit. It's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. People are people. We, people have to be able to believe what they're reading. Now that's a dicey thing on social media as we know <laughs> you know the promise here that there's there's the cliche of great power comes great responsibility right. the promise i haven't seen the power part right right so i just have the responsibility it's, <laughs> it's really it's no fun <laughs> now now you know why the newspapers aren't uh as widely done as they used to be because there's not as much power with all that responsibility <laughs> i don't know if that's true and that's probably a whole other show that we can <laughs> we can dig into so i will that's spare everyone show, yeah. my my soapbox on that that i'm sure john would then um <laughs> Build one next door. Let's never, ever have a conversation where I have to be the rational one in the middle. <laughs> let's not do that. That would, be, that would be a terrible decision. Well, I would say let's, let's, let's roll through that, the conversation. So there was so much conversation um, from the dais, from the public comments on social media about how the compensation issue that was bubbling through that whole process and then ended up you know, sort of in the end, a net nothing. Nothing actually happened mm-hmm. in in terms of actual policy being formed. Which may have the been election. the best thing that could happen. Oh, it almost certainly was, in my opinion. But that all that happened, all that hyperbole, it it didn't have 
a full swing effect one way or another on any of the races. And we, we talked about this back then that, you know, there were six races up and essentially half of the, the union endorsed candidates being the one sort of major player in that one and half of the ones that got endorsed didn't. And that was that. And so it was about half and half, which is not a bad success rate, but it's not, they certainly didn't bully the whole conversation. But then I think it's instructive to, um, to think about what has happened since the election. Right. Instead of having all of the negotiating from the dais that we talked about or, you know, council members uh, expressing their opinion on matters of public election or what have you from the dais, we it, it all of the conversations, all of the negotiations and all of that process went back down at the administrative level. Mm-hmm. The CBA negotiations between the representative groups in the city have gone back to the negotiating table and are ongoing. Uh, there has not been any uh, agreed upon contracts that we are aware of anyway that have come forth from those. But there has been, as of now, a compensation structure and a compensation adjustment structure agreed to at the city council level for those core non-represented employees. And all of that has happened very quietly with regular reports that everybody's seen. And we've commented almost every time it has come up that that's back up on the dais to be talked about or, or expressed. And it actually came to a result um, that seems to be budget manageable. Um, it does come with some, I think, a need for additional income for this revenue for the city over time. But yep. it's something that they are aware of and they didn't just make a decision based on the heat of the political moment uh, and, and get that done. So I think that's part of the thing is like when the council and the staff sat and took that breath and got back to the sort of the normal operation of things, things went well. Um, and a product has been reduced, you know, produced in those six months since. I'll, I'll tell you, in, you hit to exactly what I think the conversation in 2018 was and what we continue need, to need to talk about, which is, you know, how, how, do we, how do we conduct business in the public eye? I mean, look, and what you said is, is so true. Look at how we're doing business now compared to how business was being done in this city just two, two and a half short years ago. And it's, it's, to me, now there's still a lot of work to be done. I'm not going to rah-rah everything that happens uh, over at City Hall for sure and, and, and among the council and among the decisions that are being made because there's a lot of work to do. Um, and it's largely a thankless job, but it also is a paying job. But, man, we are doing business in a much different way, and, and, and I, I just can hope and pray that continues. Look, I, I've, I've said this to some of, some of the sitting council members, is they are doing things now that make it harder to do our show, <laughs> but better to do business uh, right. in the city. Right. Oh, absolutely. It's yeah. terrible for us in terms of having stuff to just automatically talk about. We've had to be more creative and a little bit more proactive in what we're talking about and less reactive to the lunacy that had been going on from week to the week. The first eight months of this podcast wrote itself. Lunacy. <laughs> that was a great word for what was going on in council. Well, let's, sure. let's, let's shift gears just a little bit. I think it's the same topic, but mm-hmm. let's shift gears a little bit from, from city government, and let's talk a little bit about our public school district, the Lee Summit R7 School District, going through some very similar things where we talk about operating in the public eye. Mm-hmm. We talk about how conversation is happening in the public sphere. And and Jason and I, have, we've touched on it some. We haven't touched on it, I would say, enough. I put I will put some of that blame on myself. Yeah, I'm not taking any of your blame. <laughs> Jerk. 
<laughs> I should replace you. Yeah, find somebody who'll work this cheap. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think John, I think it's the same thing, and you've written a couple columns uh, about this in that that it's it's a body kind of, and when I say body, I'm talking about the the, the school board. Mm-hmm. That is learning how to 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 manage these conversations, right? And and to to do it in an open way. Manage the conversations, do it in an open way with a still fairly new superintendent, with some still fairly new board members, uh, with a, a little bit different culture over at Stansbury Leadership Center than than maybe uh, we saw in the last few years, and 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 all that's very difficult too. And we talk about a thankless job. These school board members aren't being paid, but that is an elected position. It's a position that that all of them should take very seriously. And look, you know, I'm very passionate about this school topic. And it's it's partly because I have a daughter in second grade. It's partly because of my involvement with... Wait, wait, John. And you have a daughter? I have a daughter in second grade. I have grade. never seen or heard anything name you've is, written or read. Her name is Adeline, <laughs> and she's awesome. And she makes me want to be passionate. Yes, I know. I probably overwrite about my kid. But uh, someday she will go back and read all those and make fun of me, maybe. So, I, but I I, I, I believe, <laughs> and, and my kid is slightly older. Yeah. Your child will still find a way to make fun of you with or without those <laughs> yeah, columns. Exactly. She will never read those columns and she will make fun <laughs> of you. She still will make fun of me. And, and, and you know, I, I, I am a big proponent and, and believer, and I don't just, I, to me, it's not just talk, but. We've got to communicate better. We have to continue to focus on communication with our district. Uh, when our and when our new superintendent was hired, you know, he, he the first three things he said were his priorities were communication, communication, communication. I I know that we're not there yet, but we're getting there. Uh, we you know again you talk about some of the the changes over at SLC and you know you had a PIO that was there for thirty years in Janice Phelan and we have Kelly Wachel now. And she's come in, and she's got a lot of experience in her background, and and has has hit the floor running on social media, and in many other ways, and and I think maybe doing some increased videos and, and things like that for the district. But man, this is a topic that that I, we we have to continue to. I love seeing the increased attendance at the school board meetings, more public speaking now, uh, more of a uh, of an openness to to ha- to ma- extend time to have public speakers go. You know, not necessarily over there time but you know hey if we're going to have 10 speakers let's have 10 speakers we started to see this at the end of the McGeehee era and when we have I mean, these big public forums and we started to see it again with the hiring of dr carpenter we've seen it again with some of these other topics we have to this communication has to continue to be on this uh, on this upswing right i think it's interesting to think about where the school board came from and you you were referred to it just there is that I think it largely things have been going sort of very well and very quietly and very status quo for a long time at the district, mm-hmm. and and then what happened at uh, the end of McGeehee's reign with all of the bits and pieces, a lot of stuff was sort of dragged out of the dark into the light, and via social that, media, via social media, yes, um, via social media from sitting school board members. So right. it's and, and it 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 been but it got dragged out and that and that growing. Uh, transparency that they've been working on since then mm-hmm. um, is something that I think they're all still adjusting to, um, and it's it's very interesting because you know to a certain extent we have a higher expectation of sort of the and I'm going to use the air quotes professional politician capacity of our city council right. and our mayor because they're paid and that's what they do than we do of our school board but right. yet we have that professional politician ex- expectation of them because they are a public body who gets 
a lot of public money. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an interesting. So coming from there, there's been already a fair bit of progress. But I think you're right. There's still more to go. And I think that we can do a better job. Um, once we get into the 2019 talk, but we can start doing a better job of helping keeping highlighted those pieces as we go. I want to flip the script a little bit on on that. I think you know we, we we've talked a lot about the the government, the public official side of that conversation of managing it. And I want to go back, John, to 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 social media and to you talked about how which this is awesome. Jason and I rant on this a lot that more people should show up you should go to public comments you should make your voice heard you should take advantage every time there's an opportunity for public input that's your voice and at the local level that's where you can affect the most change absolutely however let's talk a little bit about how that conversation happened because you brought up you brought up just a few minutes ago you talked about the facebook pages for the facility master plan mm-hmm. conversation and, and facebook pages during some of the talk about about the the equity discussions right. in the school in the school district that is as much a story to me as the story of what's happening because how people were talking about it and how that public conversation that public narrative was happening right that was a hard thing to follow and a hard thing to find out what was real and what wasn't. Right. Well, and, and you know, Dr. Carpenter has addressed this, too, about, you know, uh, we, we've, we've paid groups uh, to come in before. Uh, we've paid consultants before. You know, why do we care now? And, 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 and I, as worthy as I think that question is, I think the response always is because we do. I, you know, just if, if, if the organization or as a whole or the community as a whole or the, the taxpayers or the, 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 the stakeholders, we call them in R7, uh, you know, if, if uh, the one person rises up and say, hey, I have an objection to this, you know, we, gotta, we have to hear those people out. Well, and, and, it's, and the district should have an answer. Yes. They should have an answer uh, other than, and look, I don't care what business you're in. There should always be an answer different than well, we've always done that, right? Oh, we listen. We've always done it that way. Should the, the, I, you know, I, when I started many years ago at the Lee Summit Journal, and that's all I heard for the first three months, and I thought, well, we're gonna ban that saying right off the bat because we've always always done it that way. It hasn't worked unless you were we, changing things that I started when I was at the journal. Right. Then that was a bad idea. We've always done it that way is what got us to the point where. The superintendent was running the board and not the other way during David McGeehy. We've always done it that way, got us to a point where we were renegotiating three-year contracts every year. We've always done it that way, got us to where we were in so many ways at SLC that was probably not conducive to a wonderful school district. We So why not reverse that script? And, and unfortunately, and I'll just go ahead and say it, I think we're there a little bit. We're still trying to tackle this relationship between board and superintendent right t- to this day. And it makes me wonder, what did we learn from last time? And, and it puts some of the onus on the administration, but it puts a lot of uh, that responsibility on the elected officials. Well, I actually want to put – I want to talk about the onus that's on us as the public, mm-hmm. us as the voters, yes, us as the stakeholders – when we have these conversations and we're doing it in a public sphere, we're doing it, we're having the conversation, whether it's on social media, whether it's in a public forum, whether it's at the barbershop. Right. Barbershop's a great place for that. Barbershop is a great place for yeah. that. But how can we be better at having those conversations in effective and meaningful ways? Because John, and John, you and I have different opinions on some of these topics. Sure. But That's hard I, to believe. Actually. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 
neither one of us has ever opinionated. <laughs> However, we both know and have agreed that it's hard to have some of these conversations because of how we as a group are having them, and that again, Jason, back to you, the hyperbole that that, that floats in. So how can how can we guys as as a community be better? about that conversation uh you know those types of i'll i'll bring this in and what we've tried what i've tried to do um at the planning commission is everybody's got strong feelings about what gets built in their neighborhood and and when people come in um and we've had this conversation about uh, projects and people having conversations and and we've done a lot of conversing over off the air about sometimes the nature of the commentary that comes through it's always more effective when the the speakers are organized, on point, and remain civil. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean civil in terms of we have to come to something that we all agree on. Uh, I mean civil in terms of skipping the hyperbole, skipping the the, the extraneous stuff that it gets away from the core point. Of, of what we're trying to deal with. And so I think that's one of the things that we have a responsibility to do. We try to do it on the podcast. Journalistic standards that you guys grew up in keep you in the writing, generally keep you from getting too far afield um, from spouting hyperbole and, and saying things that are off, you know, after when, editing. When you get mad at me for putting the muzzle on you. Yes. That, <laughs> that's not, Jason, we're not going to talk about that. Oh, come on. Uh, and But we have, those, we have those standards and we have those things that are out there. And I think it's important to, to carry those into um, our, our discourse. And as you said, you know, Nick and I have disagreed on things. John and I over the years have disagreed on, well, no, not an insignificant number of different topics. And But when we, when we have that public conversation, it's important to, to – to do it in a way that that maintains that so that you can hear the other side and the other side can hear you. Because if you come out and you say, you know, anybody who is in favor uh, or against, you know, to, to borrow language from early 2018, you know, those who are against giving raises to the police department are, you know, they, they hate all cops or they, <laughs> yeah. they're, you know, it, we're descending into a crisis because we have not done this, that, or the other. Community conversations are not, I'm going to use this phrase from you, Jason, from earlier conversations. The community conversations that we have are not zero-sum games. Correct. Right. And it, and it may not be, and it's not about winning. Um, which is probably something we get. Uh, that's something that I think social media mm-hmm. allows us very easily to forget um, or to start to think it's about winning. It's about a zero-sum game or I'm going to get the, the argument points, the internet points um, that are going to be out there for putting my my stamp on that sort of thing instead of just having that conversation. So to the, the point of who's driving the school board, does the school board drive the, the superintendent or vice versa? Well, the public – drives should be driving the school board absolutely and and so the you know and we've commented i've commented many times that our city council is very sensitive to public comment um and and our will be very reactive to that so it's important to have both both pieces out there you know both sides or multiple sides represented but i think that the more engagement we get at the school board level, yep. the more likely the school board members are to, you know, put the brakes on, shift conversations, ask different questions, whereas left in a vacuum, you know, they're not the experts. The superintendent is literally, he's paid to be the expert. Right. In the absence of outside, you know, conversation, that can get a little bit one-sided. 
we, you know, I, and thankfully to to play off what you said, thankfully, I think we've seen the end of hey, we're not having an election only summit this year. I think we've seen the end of that. Whether it's ten candidates or eleven candidates a few years ago, uh, so far this year we have four, and and, and we've got deadline coming up. You know, last year we had. Like, I think we've seen the end of that, which is good. It means people are becoming more engaged. But yes, the public has to keep. They have to keep their finger on the pulse because I I still find it shocking and disappointing that in this day and age, after everything we went through over the last couple of years, after being on the news and after holding press conferences at at Stansbury Leadership Center and and a very public Facebook fight between a superintendent and a school board member, which 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 no one wins that at the end. No one comes out a winner on that. I don't know. I think I counted internet points. I think. You know, I, I, I just, I'm just I'm I'm disappointed that after all of that, we still have to we still have to take individual board members aside in the city and go, hey, you're the boss here. It's not the other way around. You can guys can collaborate all day. You guys can you guys can can there. Yeah, I said it. Uh, you guys can do all these things that you, you, when you work together and you work in tandem and you're and you're this team. But you know you you were put there for a reason. And I think I still think we've lost some sense of that. At least some about what the school board's role is in specific to what their role is with the administrators. I think that is that is a topic that has to continue to be had among the public. And Jason, yes, it has to happen with the community. The community has to either be engaged in running, be engaged in putting up good candidates, be engaged in bringing up good candidates or something. Leadership in Lee Summit has to continue to be this rolling thing that happens. We're, we're just not going to, you know, we don't just wake up and go, hey, this is the next person that's going to run, especially in school board, especially when you are so in the public eye now. And, and everything, every decision you make is, is uh, uh, debated and, and broken down on social media and, and, and you're questioned nonstop. But at the end of the day, I, I have respect for an elected official that says, I made that decision, and here's why I made it. And give me good reasoning for it. Communicate it to me. And I know I've made the right decision in electing you if you can tell me why you made the decisions you make. I'm okay with that. I think that is a great spot for us to, to, to shift gears again. We've talked about kind of the stories and conversations we had in the last year. We've talked about how they happen, why they happen. What I want to get to in our next segment here is what are the conversations we should have mm-hmm. – in 2019, what are the things we're we're looking ahead to, and what and what those are? Well, let's look ahead to 2019 now, guys. Let's talk about the conversations that we should have, both you know, on this show, Jason, you and I, but also as a community. What are the things that we need to be talking about? And I want to I want to start this off by talking at the at the city level. The strategic planning and comprehensive planning updates are about to start right now, and there are opportunities for the public to get involved. Right. And so there there are going to be lots of subcommittees, task forces, opportunities for people to be to come together, to be on these sorts of committees and groups for a relatively short period of time to, to give input, to kind of look forward to say, what is the direction the city is going to go? And that's going to cover a lot of things. Like, what are the city priorities going to be? Uh, are, you know, is that going to cost additional money, and how are we going to raise that money? Is it going to be part of that whole conversation? You know, what kind of 
various and sundry city services do we value the most? How are we going to prioritize those? Those are all conversations that are going to be had in that forum and and opportunities for people to do that. Plus, I think there will be a lot of public meetings as well that people can come and give input on. Say you're not one of us. You're not a government nerd. You don't want to go sit on these committees. You don't feel like you're you're going to take that time once a week for a month or three months or whatever. How can you be involved and in the know as a resident who, as just just a resident, just somebody who wants to know what's going on? How 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 does a person stay involved that way, John? Well, I, you know, as someone that that uh, has encouraged many 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 people to 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 get involved and, and be involved and be in the know, I think it starts a lot of times. It, it's it's going to start very much in our in our own neighborhoods. You know, we we have to have those conversations. Uh, you know, we try to go, I've been telling people to try to go where the conversations are happening. And, you know, we, we try to do, uh, this, this podcast, uh, whether it's other, uh, other media, whether it's the city TV station or, or other news sources, or of course, social media, you know, having people informed and having not just informed, but having the right information is, is just critically important in, in Lee Summit. Where we don't get into, hey, I've heard they're going to build this thing downtown, or hey, I've heard we're not going to do this, or hey, I've heard they're paying the employees this, you know, stemming that misinformation, trying to find people where they get that information. Sometimes it's in their neighborhoods, sometimes it's in their churches, sometimes it's at the coffee shop, sometimes it's at their jobs. A lot of times, it's just, hey, this is what I heard from this guy. So and so told me, and and you know, being involved and, and being in the know takes some responsibility of, of the person that, that, that needs to do that. You, you, when your kid goes to our seven schools or really any school district, you're only as knowledgeable as every time you open up that backpack and you go, Oh, I guess you have a thing tomorrow night. I guess we need to do a science project. I guess there's this thing going Wait, on. You and- mean your child doesn't <laughs> automatically hand you every <laughs> note that's sent home? No. A lot of times I'll find something crumbled up and go, Oh, how was that thing a week ago? I hope that was fun. So, uh, but you know, we, we, we have to continue doing, I mean, cause a better informed community is just a better community. And, and that is the age old question of, of how do we make sure the right information gets into people's hands and how do we make sure people stay involved in the community? I will say this cause I wanted to, to, I've said this in a column and I think it's, it's vitally important to remind people of, but whether you're talking about a strat plan group, a strategic planning group or a subcommittee or a smaller committee that's going to be formed. Uh, what we what we did in the past, I sat on Lee Summit 360 many years ago. We've had other visioning uh, type things. We have to make sure that those people are protected. We have to make sure the CFMP group, we can't demonize people like that. I sat on the Charter Commission, and we went through a very tumultuous time at the end of Charter. Come on, nobody demonized you at we, all. No, 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 never on Charter, no, no. I had all these, you know... Uh, all these things I was going to affect change in for my own purposes, apparently. But I, but I, we have to make sure that when we engage residents, that we do it in a way that that absolutely they they leave that experience going, man, I'm glad I did that because again, it's time, it's time out of their day, it's time away from their kids, it's time away from their jobs. Sometimes, you know, it's time that they're putting in, and when they see the greater good, they'll see that. But we, I, I desperately want people to have good experiences and and whatever they give their time to in this city because it's for the betterment. And I would I will tack on to that is all you know in the overall scheme of things, as you put it, the three of us are city government nerds. We pay attention, try to pay attention to virtually everything that's going on 
at City Hall, Stansbury Leadership, you know, things around, heck, things in the broader at the, the county legislature, the state legislature, all the places to kind of how they impact what we do. But not everybody cares about all the things, right? Right. You only have to pick one thing as a starter spot. You may find that there's more and you may build a an appetite and end up a giant government nerd like us. I wouldn't you wish too that could be a nerd. <laughs> you too could be a but if you're if what you're passionate about is, you know, the the locations or the places of the next schools that the mm-hmm. district may build or how much uh, multifamily housing and I'm not getting on my soapbox. So hey, I'll defensive. say this if your passion is youth softball, we've got a person sitting on the city council dais right now that that's probably one of his top three things. Mm-hmm. Right. And so whatever that is, um, you know, if, if it's at the city level, then, you know, you can do that. If you're worried, if you're, you're part of your plan is, you know, what are we going to be doing with parks? You know, parks is something that the city rants or, you know, pats itself on the back for on a regular basis. And we do a very good job of having good park services. But, you know, if that's a thing that you're interested in, then you can go to that committee or you can be at that public meeting or whatever. You don't have to be deeply informed and deeply involved on every level, especially not at first, that would be completely overwhelming, but just to pick a thing that you care about. Um, and whether that's city government or a nonprofit or girls softball or any other topic of your, your take, but it's that finding that thing that you care about that you have that passion for mm-hmm. and starting with it. Well, let's delve a little deeper then as we, as we look at this, the city side of things and we look at, at, the strategic planning and the comprehensive planning. And, and, and Jason, I'm going to ask you to go for 30 seconds and explain the difference between the two. 30 seconds is all you get. And then after that, to, to, to both of you guys, what are some of those topics that that, that are going to come up that, that, that you think people need to be talking about? Because there are some development issues. There are some tax implication issues. So first tell us the difference between the two, and then let's talk about some of those topics coming up and the conversations that we need to be having. Okay, so the strategic plan is a broad plan for the entirety of the city of Lee Summit's government. Um, What kind of services they're offering, what are their focuses, where do they want to achieve, what kind of metrics are they going to set. The comprehensive plan is really more about land use. Now, there are a lot of components within that, and I won't bore you because I only have the 30 seconds, but there are a lot of it. It's really more of a planning and land use focused thing. First off, wow, that's the first time in but guys, we're nearing our hundredth episode together. That is the first time you've ever actually listened to me when I've given you a time limit. I want a gold star. <laughs> now let's go into those those topics, those things that are going to come forward that 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 are important for us to pay attention to. Well, uh, if I can weigh in on this a little, obviously, no, go home. first is development. Uh, th- there are again stemming any misinformation that that's that's in the community and really. People trying to 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 be in the know and to understand how, not just how Lee Summit is changing, but where it's changing. What is happening with Paragon Star? What is happening with Village of View High? What is happening with Summit Square? Uh, what is happening with all these developments in Lee Summit? And people understanding, you know, we have all these discussions on on TIF and and land use and, and what's gonna you know what what the future looks like on this track of land and that track of land and this part of town and that part of town. I think people have to absolutely stay uh, focused and, and keep their eye as much as we're watching things at the school district right now. Keep an eye on development. Keep an eye on what's going on with the downtown performance space. You know, we I've I've ranted about that several times, but you know, we are nearing the six year anniversary, the six year anniversary of us passing that 
and it was a very it was a, it was a, it's it's a noble project and when you look at what what has been completed around the summit around the time that we passed that man I, I love I still go drive down orchard sometimes after they we we picked that one street and we widened that street and we put sidewalks in and it made such a difference to that neighborhood the neighborhood that Jason knows very well and 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 we built an amphitheater out at out at uh, out of Legacy Park and and the this this the residents of this city have seen de- great delivery on a lot of projects and I defend that a lot of times because I do we do hear these things about oh you know that road's still not done and we haven't finished these things from 2008 and all that and I go hold on here's all the list of things we've done what's a little agonizing though is to see the stall on the downtown performance base because that project had such panache and such flair and such vision and now we go hey you know things are changing and we're going to have uh, maybe have a Reese Nichols office in downtown Lee Summit now so people have to have people have to keep an eye but, but with some of that comes some accountability you know pick up your phone and add, you know people constantly ask me hey where's this thing on the downtown space like, hey, you live in District 2, pick up the, fag- the phone and, and call Craig Faith, call Trish Carlisle, or you know, call your, your council person and ask that. I ask those questions all the time. You guys ask those questions. Man, we need more people asking them and asking the right questions. You know, hey, how's land acquisition going? What's the new plan? What's the vision? I want to stick a pin in that because I want to. I think when we we're going to shift in a little bit to to some some school board topics, and sure, school, and we're going to talk about bond issues and, 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 and voter issues. And I think we're going to, we'll get into that accountability part between the voters and, and the officials. And I don't want to go too deep into the weeds because all three of us could spend the next three hours right. just on the surface. Jason, when we're talking about strategic planning and comprehensive plan, planning for the city, some of the things that we're going to be talking about are include finding new revenue sources. And some of that is about, because we're going to talk about compensation plan, which you mentioned earlier was the driving force behind the last spring election. Talk a little bit about what that conversation will be, I guess, and how, and how, not how, but what questions we should be asking of city officials as we look at this. I think there's, I think the conversation, especially when you're talking about those sorts of things, when you get into compensation and all that, you start talking about what services is the city providing and what are the costs for those services? And and I don't think anybody will disagree with the notion that the the rate of increase of the costs of the services that the city has been providing um, are increasing at a rate faster than the revenue that we have coming in from the various sources. And so the question then becomes, okay, that means that at some point we are either going to start running a budget deficit, we are going to need to decrease expenses, or we're going to need to increase revenues or some combination thereof. And and on it's very difficult in today's political climate to have an honest conversation about raising revenue. Um, it's a conversation that the city council assiduously avoided in any real aspect during the course of the run-up to the election. Um, and they're only just now barely sticking their toe back in that water, having they keep kind of delaying or not having a full conversation about the potential to do a a use tax on internet sales or some other forms of, of revenue raising. And those are conversations that are going to have to be had. And I think so to, to get to your question about what, what are the questions instead of 
calling up once again and making the blind yell of don't raise my taxes. That doesn't solve any of the problems that we have. I mean, what that will end up doing is leading into a unconversate, un- untalked about reduction in services that people will then complain about, not tying it back to the thing that they just said, you know, the prior year. And and so I think that we, we have to come to that table and have that conversation about, you know, okay, here are, here are the costs, here are the benefits that we get, and here's where the gap has got to be filled. You know, how do we want to do that? Do we want to, ra- you know, lower one ceiling, raise a floor, do both? What do we want to deal with? And and be able to be willing to come to the table and just, you know, put it on, put it out there that it needs to be, this conversation has to be had. Well, let's flip gears just a little bit then and let's go into to some conversations that, that are going to be happening within the, the school district. Just went through a fast and furious phase one of the comprehensive facility master plan process. I, by the way, I just said that without stuttering. Yes. I'm a little proud of myself. And without looking at your notes, that's pretty <laughs> good. <laughs> Look, Ma, no hands. Or just one. That process isn't done. So we went through a pretty contentious conversation or series of conversations about, about redrawing new boundaries. Right. About redistricting the area. The next part's going to be even harder because now we're talking about possibility of moving a whole grade level out of elementary schools and into the middle school. We're going to talk about possibly building new middle school, possibly building another high school. How are those conversations going to be shaped and how can we as residents be ready to dive in? Well, I, you know, the public trust is paramount when you're putting these processes forward. What does it mean to uh, to hear the deliverables of especially what comes with phase two, which, as you discussed, is going to be a new, possibly a new middle school, possibly moving sixth graders, uh, possibly redrawing uh, new bus routes and kids walking uh, further to their bus stops and, and all these conversations that get people fired up a little bit, you know, oh my gosh, you're taking my sixth grader and you're moving them where? And, you know, d- the, the first conversation aside, you know, we got through that hard part. The next conversation attaches itself to money, facilities, and a vote. And there's no way around that. You know, we're, we're if, if, if this happens, that happens. Or if this happens, we build, you know, we either build two elementary schools or we build a middle school. We're not building a fourth high school. I think that's off the table. And so how does that happen? And how does that look to the public trust? Has the district done enough good will, stewardship to say, hey, no, no tax increase. Here's what you're going to get. Here's why we need it. Here's when we're going to build it. Here's when we start. Here's when we finish. Now, the school, our school district in the past, I think has done a very good job of that. I remember when North was put up. I remember when West was put up. Uh, I remember when some of the other new buildings have been put up. And, and I think the school district has always been good about having it, you know, unlike this downtown performance space, having a timeline, having a budget and saying, here's what we're going to do. We have the land. We've acquired the land. We're going to, we're going to get that done, but we have to have, we, we, if we're going to sell that to the voters, the district has to be ready to educate and, and really bring that A game as far as this is why we need it, this is why you should vote for it. So what questions then need to be asked yeah. 
to get to that point you just talked about? I, I'll say this is that I think reading the recommendations from phase one, when they mentioned the possibilities that were out there, they gave a lot of attention to a fourth middle school, a lot of attention to moving sixth graders into the middle school and not as much attention to the alternatives that are out there. And, and that, but they didn't make a specific set of recommendations for that because I think those are the, the decisions that will be made in the second phase. But I think it's important on people to ask, okay, how does this compare to the alternatives? Nobody likes change when it comes to their kids' schools, right? I mean, the 700 kids overall that are getting moved from one school to another in this next boundary thing, and it'll be probably be less than that by the time they mm-hmm. all the transfers are thing. But the, those kids are, um, those households are upset that the change is coming to them, right? My household, now I realize that I'm, you know, or your households where your districts aren't, your lines aren't changing, you know, it's like, eh, you know, it's less impact to you. And but the people who's are getting that change, well, the the change for you know sixth graders going to middle school is going to affect everybody who's got a child under that age, right. um, you know, now or in the near future. So, what are the conversations? But instead of going in and and once again getting hyperbolic and what have you about you know how dare you put my little baby in this big giant school? You say, okay, why are you making this decision and not this other decision? And or in any of the choices that we're talking about, building a middle school, where it might be located, what the bus routes might be, should we build one middle school or should we build two elementaries or should you know what are there's a there's a menu of options and and it's important that the school board and the district avoid the appearance that they're railroading down one result and so they need to make sure that they're willing and capable of answering those questions. If not answering them, you know, preemptively, but also responding to those questions when they come from people, um, because those are the honest concerns, because you and I don't have the the depth of information that a school board, you know, the school district does in terms of running financial calculations and census data and all the things. We don't dig into all of that or, well, okay, most of us don't. but to, to make those projections and what have you, the school board does, or the school district does, and, and they need to be able to explain that in a way that's, that doesn't come across as a railroad job or condescending or anything like that, to, to really engage those questions. And then that responsibility on the other side is to ask those questions in a way where you're open to hear the answers. And, you, and, and I'll, a subset of what Jason said is you've got to have your stakeholders on board for, for this for any and I, I named some of those other uh, things that we built in the past and you know and and I you know we, we've had groundbreakings for a new police department or or buying uh, equipment for the for the fire department or whatever it is citizen-led groups often take that charge and run with that and say we want to see this done this is the for the betterment in our community and they write their own checks and they start their own packs and they do these things and my I think very real concern is, will that group be here this time if that ask is made? The district has to make sure they are. The district has got to engage every possible stakeholder, whether they own a huge business, whether they are a CEO of a hospital, or whether or not all the way down to the moms and dads in the neighborhood. We've got to make sure that engagement is there. If we're going to put that on the ballot and make that ask, and I don't say that because trust is lost. I say that because 
these things have, have been successful in the past because of the enormity uh, of the and, and the diversity of the groups that have gotten behind these bond issues. Right. And if you go back all the way to the Lisa 360 process, right. where they did have that deep and broad based support, there was a lot of community support for the um, the issues that, you know, the changes that were made. Even in the charter, mm-hmm. you know, I'll say, John, there was a lot of, you know, it was a year's worth of meetings and what have you. And in the end, the public trust in the process and the the people that they saw and talked to gave them confidence that the decisions were came to, I think, you know, thoughtfully, even if that may not be the thing that they would have picked. You know, I mean, I, I think we've sat and nitpicked at things that you guys on the Charter Commission did, but it wasn't not from a we think you were, you know, we might have done them different in right. the overall scheme of things, but – that faith in that work that was done in that engagement is mm-hmm. important um, for a lot of people. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that faith. And I think here's where we're going to tie some things together. John, you've brought up the the performing art space and, and that came with that that voter issue a, a few years ago. It's six years now, right? So it'll be six years in April. Six years in April. You also mentioned, though, that if you look at that list of things, a lot of those things have been accomplished. But right. that, was a, that was a big one. It was a big one in the public, public eye. What has to happen so that a miss over there doesn't affect future issues, whether it's a bond issue, Mm -hmm. a levy issue with the school district, whether it's the city coming forward and say, hey, our best issue to take care of something like, say, increases in compensation for the core or for for the represented groups is going to require an increase in the sales tax as well as maybe a new use tax. Right. How do you do? Do these groups go about working with the community to make sure everybody is educated, so that voters can make a right decision and not based on, "Hey, six years ago, we right. feel like we got hosed." Right, right. That that's the that's the absolute challenge. That's that's the quandary. Even sometimes is is how do we make sure that that everyone is as informed as they're supposed to be on election day. God, wouldn't that be nice if if that were the case every election? But we can do the, in some ways in the city we can do that. We can hold public forums. I really liked. I went to one of the engagement uh, series uh, evenings at uh, for CFMP where they had all the drawings out and they had all the maps out and and people were putting post-it notes everywhere. And 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 and, and while that sounds cheesy and we may uh, snicker at sometimes when we have these charrettes and we get our stickers out and we put a red sticker on this thing and a blue sticker on this thing. While we joke about those things, there is a there is a lot to be said for going out of your way to to let the public know that hey, this is happening. We're going to redraw these boundaries. We're going to take an entire neighborhood and we're going to move them over to Lee Summit. I mean, those things don't come without a lot of pain and a lot of of anguish and a lot of discussion. Uh, but it's healthy. It's good for a community. And, and I, I think, you know, obviously an informed community is a, is a better community come election time. If the school wants to sell a bond issue, if the city wants to sell a use tax issue, if any, they want to sell any of these issues, especially when they're tied to elections that we that are already happening, like with school. You know, if we're going to have a, a bond election in 2020 that's tied to a school board election or if, God forbid we are, you know, put it in my gosh, can you imagine if the use tax is on? Uh, you know, a 2020 November election with the presidential election. When, when you have those high voter turnouts, you want to make sure that your education piece is on point. And sometimes that requires going beyond the people that you know in your building can do this. That requires engaging the community, the experts, the communication experts, the people that that know how to sell these. But, but engaging people to a point where 
the citizens should be your cheerleaders. This can't be one or two people at Stansbury Leadership Center or one or two people in a, bil- in, a, in a school building or one or two people at City Hall trying to sell these things. Your biggest champions are your people that take it and go, I want to see this thing happen, and this is why you should vote for it. And then they tell five people, and there's five more votes you got. Right, and that's an easy thing for people to do is if you get in, and once again, if it's a thing you care about, right, and and over in, in this neck of the woods, we do care a lot about our schools and and we have a fairly involved electorate, you know, turnout on municipal election day, notwithstanding. <laughs> uh, and but it's not hard to get people, you know, you get one person who cares and they just talk. It's like, hey, I was at this thing and they're talking about doing this and they've got some cool ideas and I think it's going to be OK or whatever the case may be. You know, that that echoes out and and it goes farther and you become a leader in your community simply by having shown up to a meeting and put some stickers or post-it notes on things and then kind of echoing the things that you've heard or liked or didn't like out to the community. Um, And it's a really fine way for people to get involved. Well, let's wrap things up and talk about involvement. I think, you know, we've said over and over that if if you want to get involved with city processes, with school processes – Go to their go to the city council meetings. Mm-hmm. Go to the school board meetings. Visit their websites. There are tons of commissions and ways to be involved. Jason, you and I started this show for a few simple reasons: clarifying conversations about elections, and for celebrating and encouraging community involvement at all levels. Right, and to keep me from writing things, and because you were too lazy to write for me, which is the real story. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about those that aren't the government nerds, that don't want to be on the board or the commission. What are other things they can do in the community to be involved? Whether that's, hey, give a little bit of time, write a check. How can other people be involved and affect their community and the continued growth of Lisa? Well, I think the first step is to be involved in something, right? I mean, you have to do something. And I don't want to be, you know, uh, you've asked me what you should do. I'm going to have a set of answers that are based on my interests and where I would focus. Uh, John and Nick, you guys are going to have your own things based on those. But the important thing, yeah, other than, yes, the key thing, go eat tacos (laughs) and eat tacos in a lot of places. Uh, But I I think the key is to to start. Um, And you don't have to start by forming a nonprofit organization or running a nonprofit organization, or being on a board or commission at the city or the school board, or even, you know, it can be as simple as go to a meeting, right? I mean, to go to a meeting, you get a little bit more information, maybe that information changes how you think or how you view something, and you share that with somebody else, someone have you, and that the, the change filters out that way. Um, you can volunteer, um, you know, I John's involved in more boards and groups and nonprofits than I'm sure he keeps track of. Yes. Um, and, and we have our own involvements as well. But, uh, you know, pick a thing that you care, that you have a passion about, that you have an interest in, and and go do it. Yeah, yeah. and Jason's right on. And, and, you know, I won't get specific to a nonprofit, but, you know, there are seven in Lee Summit. They're easy to find. They would love even an hour of your time. 
they probably love a check too, but they would definitely like some of your time. And nonprofits and, are always they, welcoming of checks. Yeah, I would say this. I can speak very clearly. Yes. Any of those nonprofits will want a check. <laughs> would like a check or your time. Um, you know, the city offers really some great uh, uh, volunteer opportunities. Uh, through, you know, Addie and I have adopted a street and they have an adopt a street program. They have an adopt a stream program in Lee Summit uh, where you can clean up the streams uh, here in Lee Summit. Uh, the school district offers countless opportunities to partners in education with Laura Maxwell. There is going to be a new mentoring one on one program. Uh, that Dr. Carpenter's rolling out. Uh, if people want to actually do one-on-one, well, I think it's just one hour a week with a kid, uh, kind of like if you guys know teammates or youth friends, uh, the partnerships that go on in other school districts, uh, which are great opportunities. And, and you know, if people want to be involved, they certainly can be. That's, that's again, that's the, that's the, 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 probably sometimes the toughest thing that we talk about in this community is, is people wanting to be in the know versus, really going out and trying to, 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 to find that information. And, and we can provide it as much as possible, but you know, there are countless opportunities Gosh, in our parks. I mean, our parks and rec system runs the way it runs because of, of that army of volunteers, you know, and, and Tom and Joe Snook have talked about that for years about all those volunteers it takes to, to kind of keep that thing running. So Countless opportunities. If, any, if anyone wants to know more about any of the nonprofits, they can always contact me for sure. <laughs> I think you can find John on social media. Yes, I think I'm out there somewhere. Well, I'm going to wrap up this episode with a little commitment from, from Jason and I at, at, at Town Hall. We're going to continue our conversations throughout the year about topics and issues of import in the community. And for the next few weeks, we're going to focus on community involvement, whether that's getting involved at the city level or with the school district or with not-for-profits or even just, you know, adopting a street and picking up some trash. Absolutely. That's our commitment for 2019. We will talk to you all next week. Ryan, I'm round. I'm six foot. I'm 245 pounds. It ain't pretty. Mm. I haven't seen the inside of a gym since high school, so we're going to say 90s. We're going to say that once, and we don't have to say it ever again. Mm -hmm. You're going to start training me. You're going to start telling me to eat right. I'm scared, Ryan. Don't be scared. we got some work to do. We're going to do work, Nick, but don't be scared. I don't want to do the work. I'm scared of the work. (laughs) You got to. You You do work at work, don't you? I do. You work your tail off at work, Ryan. You work your tail off on your body. Well, tell me why. Tell me why is it that I need to do this. I mean, I got my reasons. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not going to dog you out, Nick. I'm not going to hurt your feelings. You're out of shape. You're probably borderline obese. I mean, you're probably going to have some health problems here soon, so you need to take control of your life and, and do it for your kids. Do it for your family. Um, do it for yourself. You're going you, you know, to get stronger and you're going to live longer. Let me tell you, this summer I was in the mountains. I was hiking. I remember a time, because my mind still thinks I'm 20 years old mm-hmm. and 150 pounds. Yep. I got winded. Absolutely. It was hard to hike up the mountain. Altitude, too, so you can't well, be too hard on yourself. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that, and I'm wanting your sympathy as, as we get things going. Mm-hmm. But tell me tell me a little bit about, about what does somebody like me do who mm-hmm. sits at a desk 10 hours a day? Mm-hmm. What does somebody like me need to be doing? You, you need to be getting up and moving. You need to get out of your desk and move around periodically throughout the day. I'm sure you run to the bathroom and run all around, but you need to get moving. You need to make working out a priority in your life. Whether you, If you get busy throughout the day, come in the morning, work out, just get it in, uh, and start to eat healthy. 
okay, the first time we came in here, I was busting, busting you because you were eating Jimmy John's and you had a soda and you had chips. That's so good. Yeah, you can't be doing that anymore <laughs> because that's where that's how you got to where you're at. So, so you're gonna be mean. No, uh, no, I'm working. But I need mean. somebody yeah. to do that. Yeah, it's gonna be tough love. I call it tough love. All right. Yeah, All right. I'm good with that. So, what? How can people like me though find you? So they can get healthy too. Okay, you can contact me. You can go to the website. It's shred with two D's, kc.com, or give me a shout or a text, 816 588 9609. We can sit down and talk about your goals. And even if you don't like my podcasts, listen anyway, because you're probably going to hear my journey as I try Absolutely. to get healthy again. It's going to be awesome.